Good morning again. Today we continue, we really wrap up our mini-series for this month called Grace Stories, and these are usually fairly personal glimpses into the lives of GRC members. But today, because of our 20th anniversary celebration, uh, we've asked Judy Lunt to share her story as one among just a few who were around when this church began in uh, homes in Bergen County, meeting to plan the launch of something new uh, as Christ Church. Yes, Judy will tell it from a, a personal perspective, but it's also our story. Judy is one among many, some who have moved far away long ago, but all united by one common and unbreakable bond. We are in Christ and he has called us to be his bride, the church. Thanks, Judy. My story this morning is the grace story of our church and the story of God's grace to me through GRC. Twenty and a half years ago, my husband Ken and I were looking for a new church home. We'd heard about this great preacher in New York City named Tim Keller at Redeemer Presbyterian, so we started attending the church. We loved the worshipful atmosphere, the good music, the sound doctrine, and the diversity of the congregation. And oh yeah, that Tim Keller guy, he was pretty good too. <laughs> one evening they spoke about planting two churches in New Jersey, one of them in Teaneck. We attended planning sessions and gave our six-month commitment. There are only three of us remaining from those first August practice sessions, James Sang, Ken, and me. The following month, when the church started their public worship services, the Robertis, the Quans, and the Lums started attending. The music was excellent. The drummer from last night, Chris Hughes, was our worship leader. The atmosphere was worshipful. People were committed. The congregation was diverse, although small, and the preaching was excellent. God's grace was very evident. We plodded along, slowly adding new members. When we started the church, a group of people from Montclair came along with us, knowing that when they were able, they would be leaving us to start a new church. Two years after our church began, Redeemer Church of Montclair was planted. It was more evidence of God's grace. As this church grew, I started seeing new people attending the church people I'd not seen before, people who looked a little bit uncomfortable, and I knew how that felt. Those of you who have met me would not think that I'm introverted or shy, but I am. I'm very uncomfortable with new people, sometimes even with people that I've known a long time. At the church we attended for many years, I would be out the door, sitting in the car, waiting in the parking lot for Ken after the service. But God put a burden on my heart for the new people that I was seeing at this church. It was almost as though he were saying to me, Judy, you know how this feels. Do something about it. I looked around and waited for somebody else to do something. I then realized Ken and I were the two oldest people in the church. And that was a long time ago. <laughs> and I knew that God wanted me to step up and do something. I can't say how I changed, except that when God tells you to do something, 
He gives you the strength and the wherewithal to do it. I'm still uncomfortable when approaching strangers, but when I obey, it gets easier because God is in it. Now when I see someone new, I try to take someone else along with me to say hello. So thank you, Anna, Grace, Audrey, and Laura. This is God's grace to me, changing me through his church. After several years, the church went through great turmoil. Many people left the church. The pastors left the church. And we floundered. For a year, we had an interim pastor, and we had Chris Hughes, whose music held us together. The presbytery wanted the church to disband, but the people wanted to continue. God also wanted us to continue, and because of his love and by his grace, we stayed together, we prayed together, we fellowshiped together, we endured. God pulled us through that dark time, and then on April 11th, 2004, Easter morning, sorry, I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> Easter morning, we had our new pastor, Peter Wong. We still had our diverse congregation and our good music, and now we had our good preaching and teaching again, grace upon grace. We took on an associate, Will Reinmuth. He came to our church knowing that he would be leaving in a few years to start a new church plant. Ten years ago, he left with a number of our congregants to begin All Souls Church in Rockland County. When he left, he took Roz Moorhead with him. If you were here last night, and you should have been, because the worship was overwhelming, and you heard her sing, you understand the treasure that God asked us to give up in order to bless All Souls. I believe he showers us with his grace when we submit to his will, and he did. Over the years, there have been challenges. We are, after all, a church full of sinners, but God's grace continues to prevail. When the church first began, we met at Ben Franklin Middle School in Teaneck. They allowed us to store all our equipment, from baby cribs to teaching materials and musical instruments, in a storage room. Unfortunately, the storage room was down two flights. I know Ken said three flights last, time, last night, but I remember two. <laughs> so it was up for service, back down after the service for storage. After several years, we were forced to relocate. We moved to the Teaneck campus of Fairleigh Dickinson. We had a regular meeting space, but whenever the university needed that space, we had to move to another room. We had several other rooms to move to. We had no storage facility, so we kept all our supplies in a van that was kept in Peter's driveway. The church leadership decided it was time to search for another facility. We decided to rent. 125, was a, 125 Galway was an industrial building that needed a total build-out. By the time the permits and build-out were completed, the space was already getting tight. I know most of you remember our fellowship area, that narrow hallway. It wasn't an ideal space, but by God's grace, we continued to prosper and grow, both numerically and spiritually. With four years left on our 10-year lease, the session decided to look for new space to buy. 
We ran two vision campaigns to help fund the purchase less than a year and a half ago after four years of praying, searching, negotiating, planning a build-out, and much sacrificial giving by the congregation, we had our first worship service here at 21 Harris Town Road. God's grace has been evident every single step of the way. If he had not been working his plan, we might now be worshiping in a space that smelled like Worcestershire sauce. <laughs> or was too small by the time we moved in. Instead, last night, we worshiped and celebrated here in a beautiful space that was large enough for all of us, and we gathered together in a spacious fellowship room with wonderful food from our very own kitchen. God gave us grace in abundance to trust him and to step out in faith. Peter asked me to do this morning's grace story last month. I said, no. He said, pray about it. <laughs> I did pray, but my head kept saying, no, no, no. I have that fear of public speaking that Lee mentioned in his August sermon. But as I prayed, God kept telling me to do it. I didn't physically hear him, but I did hear him through my husband, through Hesu, Susan, and Rachel. Obviously, I said yes, and, I was, and as I was writing out what I wanted to say, I read back over what I had already written. When God tells you to do something, he gives you the strength and the wherewithal to do it. God's grace to me through GRC. In 2004, we changed our name from Redeemer Presbyterian Church of Teaneck to Grace Redeemer Church. What a fitting name, Grace Redeemer. What a fitting testimony for what he has done in this church, and most importantly, in Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord, all you his people. Let us praise God for his glorious grace, for the free gift he gave us in his son. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. No, that's a, we, you, you did what we agreed. <laughs> Thanks again, Judy. Uh, I said earlier this is intentionally different than uh, every other grace story because of the 20th anniversary celebration, and so as a result, I'm going to take a little bit different path as well. Normally, I'd interact with the story giver's struggles and doubts and frustrations and taste of healing through the gospel of Jesus Christ. But instead, I'd like to continue to remember with you. And as I remember on our behalf, I want to explicitly urge you to do something. I want you to give praise and thanks to the Lord. You can do it out loud. You can do it in your, in your head. But be intentional about hearing a memory and saying, yes, God, you have done that. Be intentional about recognizing something, if you've been around for a while, and saying, you deserve all glory for what you have done, Lord Jesus Christ. And if, if you're newer to GRC, you can do the same. When you uh, wonder 
uh, how God brought these people together. When you taste a bit of gospel grace overflowing from someone else, when you hear um, perhaps a root of something that you've tasted as fruit, you too can say, even though you weren't here, God, you've done this. God, you had been working from years past to bring us to this place, and I get to bear, I get to be the beneficiary of what you've done. Praise you, Jesus. Uh, during yesterday's celebration, I shared briefly from a scene in history from Joshua chapters 3 and 4, when the Israelites finally crossed from the wilderness into the promised land after God parted the Jordan River and the Israelites walked over on dry ground. And what I focused on was God's command in that momentous point in history, telling Joshua to instruct the Israelites to have one guy from each tribe, 12 tribes, pick up a stone from the middle of the Jordan River, carry it over, and make a pile. We asked, what was the point of that? So that when the future generations saw this pile of rocks, they would ask their parents or grandparents and say, why is this here? It seems unnatural. And the parents would be prompted to remember. And then they would explain how God has been good and faithful to His promises from long ago to rescue and save and deliver. In a very real sense, when someone asks, what makes GRC such a special place? As 1 Peter chapter 2 puts it, you are the living stones built into a spiritual house. You're the rocks piled up. When someone says, what's going on? What, what is special? What, why is GRC this kind of community? They can see a pile of rocks that bear testimony to the goodness of God. Here are some more rocks for the pile. I remember July 2003, out on a dinner date with Cedar, two little kids at home, and I ruined her appetite from the very beginning when I said, so which of the four churches that called me these two past weeks would you like to hear about first? I haven't told that story in a while. I wasn't looking for a new job. I was a pastor down in Delaware. I hadn't hinted to anybody, but God was clearly beginning to call us. I remember my seminary friend Jay calling me on behalf of the presbytery. He was one of the four, asking me if I would consider throwing my hat in the ring to be considered to pastor this church plant, Redeemer Presbyterian Church of New Jersey dash Teaneck. What a name. <laughs> I remember learning, hearing from him what I shouldn't worry about more than why I should be interested, because as Judy alluded to, the church had gone through incredible turmoil. It had flatlined but God has necessitated it by pouring out grace and sustaining the few people, the remnant, who were determined to see a gospel-centered church not only survive, but thrive here in Bergen County. I remember driving up with Cedar uh, to Teaneck on Thanksgiving weekend to the Krasinski's home and sitting in their living room and talking with James and Chris Hughes, the drummer, who was the music director, and uh, Ted and Anna and John and Jackie and a few others who have moved away, hearing of their hearts 
and sensing that something special was going on and something even more special God had intended for this group. I remember January 4th, 2004, preaching as a candidate in the Muscarell Center, answering questions after the service. I remember asking my own question to the 30 or 40 people who had gathered to stay. After all you've been through, do you really want a 31-year-old pastor to take the helm of this church? I remember a few months later, as Judy does, preaching Easter Sunday, April 11th. I remember advisory team lunch meetings at our home. We didn't have elders yet. We had these lay folks who had carried the load, and now I was leaning on them to help me make some decisions and provide leadership. I remember us deciding on a new name, Grace Redeemer Church. Grace, because gospel grace is what sustained this group. Redeemer, as a bit of homage, not only to Jesus, but to our roots planted by Redeemer Presbyterian Church of New York City. I remember us choosing a a church logo. I remember learning the lesson that when it comes to logos and things like that, just ask the ladies. (laughs) I learned that lesson by age 32, not so bad. I remember an older guy taking me out to breakfast at Andy's Corner on a weekday, and I thought it was Senior Citizens Day, but it was just a weekday at Andy's Corner. (laughs) He had taken me there to um, tell me that he and his wife were leaving GRC because it was time for the younger folks to take uh, the ball and run with it, and I successfully convinced him that we needed some life experience, and he's had a pretty good run since. I remember interviewing Sterling in his home for membership and having to tell him that according to the Bible, he was not a believer in Jesus Christ, and I couldn't admit him to membership. And I remember over the succeeding months, Sterling being drawn to genuine saving faith in Christ and baptizing him on a Sunday morning. I remember driving that big white van and unloading bins and having a lab sink next to my pulpit slash music stand. (laughs) I always wanted to dip a baby into a full sink. (laughs) Never did, one of my pastoral regrets. (laughs) I remember that seminary kid showing up, driving up from Philadelphia, hoping to land a job. One time asking me, who's the guy in the suit with the Greek New Testament? A little worried, I answered, I have no idea. (laughs) God had an idea and a plan, and Steve became one of our first elders, still faithfully serving, still wearing a suit. (laughs) I remember that Sunday in November of 2006 when the Presbytery representatives gathered with us, and we had three elders and myself, and Grace Redeemer Church became a church, no longer a church plant self-governing body. God had been so very faithful to Grace Redeemer Church to raise up three elders who love Christ and His Word, as solid of a spiritual leadership foundation as we could have hoped for and prayed for. He provided, confirmed over the years by their sacrificial service and their continued growth in godly character and conduct. What a gift. 
we should continue to give praise and thanks to the Lord for. I remember the presbytery meeting when we reported back that we had done this, and we paused 60 pastors and elders from New York City, five boroughs, uh, Long Island, and all of northern New Jersey, and we gave thanks because that presbytery never thought there would be a day when this church would survive. That's why they had given that advice, shut it down, maybe the Lord will raise it back up one day. But God made us alive with Christ. I remember Jane, our first admin assistant, telling me she was going to move to Texas. What a blow. But she said this lady she knew at church might be interested, some feisty lady from the Bronx (laughs) named Teresa, no H. I remember patching and painting our Cedar Lane office with one of our first elders, John Baker, who drove two and a half hours up yesterday to join us and drove back at night. And I turned my back only to turn back and find that he had staple gunned the floor molding every half an inch across the entire room. And I remember Dave Christensen, the same time, patching and painting holes, wondering out loud, what are we ever going to do with all this space? 1,600 square feet, about one and a half cornerstone rooms for our staff, our small staff. I remember crying tears of joy and thankfulness during our first service in Galway Place, our first real home. And despite the challenges that later came, I believe God led us there, overcoming the first words I heard from the landlord on the phone, I don't rent to churches. I remember the conversations and the prayers and the struggles and the gospel healing tasted by 46 grace stories and counting each one a good size, very unique rock put in the pile of God's faithfulness. I remember standing outside this building on a gorgeous May in 2016 with Ken and a broker, wondering how it could possibly become GRC's future home. I remember working unity, God working unity among us as we raised money, drew up audacious plans, prayed together, locked arms together with the dream that God would enable us to build something for the generations to come. I remember powerful tears of joy and thankfulness again standing here on March 17th, 2018, on the Saturday, our first time worshiping here. Every single memory a milestone of God's faithfulness, a pile of rocks serving as a memorial to God's promise that, Matthew chapter 16, the gates of Hades will not overcome Christ's church, a memorial to God's promise to strengthen His people to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace each memory giving uh, evidence of God's answer to Paul's prayer for the church, may the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else. Each memory shows us Christ the King dispensing spirit gifts to His people to equip us for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith 
and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That's the ideal. We're not there yet. But by God's grace, we will continue to pray and love and serve and proclaim Jesus risen for another 20 years as we hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for He who promised is faithful. May Jesus come quickly. May He find His bride faithful and bring us home with Him so that faith shall be sight and even the best of memories will be overwhelmed by the glory of standing in the presence of our Creator. Let's pray. Jesus, You have done this. Your name is upon us. Yes, on the building, but more importantly, written on our hearts. You've claimed us for Yourself. More amazingly, our names are written in Your book of life, graven on Your hands as we sing. We are amazed. We stand amazed at Your grace And we pray because we're jealous for your glory to be magnified even more. We pray for more grace. We pray for more spirit. We pray for more power of resurrection to be poured out on us and then to spill out from us and this place that the nations may know and bow down in joy, in willing submission to you, the King. Lord God. We will build our lives upon your love. It is the only foundation. And we will trust in you alone, and we will not be shaken. Amen.